0: I'm excited.
1: Matthew, we have a new money doctor here. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, John's son, and that's awesome filling in for him. We had uh, Ryan just a few weeks ago, so two new money doctors. This is... uh it's been an awesome, awesome start here to the year.
1: That's right. We had to balance out a little bit. We had two Clemson people in the same room at one time. So we had to
0: True. Right. Yeah. You guys, yeah, that's right. You're you're definitely balancing it out. That's right. <laughs> so, that's right. That's great. And we have, um, gee, we have the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday. So we got to talk about that. Um, Tom Brady, the the Titan, you know, mm. Super Bowls, six Super Bowl rings going up against Patrick Mahomes. Um Wow, this is gonna be quite a
1: quite a game. Yeah, and I think I mean, we were talking about this before. This is gonna be his tenth Super Bowl. So, I mean, if you look at the, the how winning he is when he gets in the Super Bowl, it's it's quite incredible.
0: It is incredible. You know, I sit here imagining his six Super Bowl rings. I imagine he has those on like a glass coffee table, you know, right. sitting in his den, has his buddies over, you know, and, and says, you know, get, gets their beer and chips and says, hey, guys, hey, set them right. Oh, wow. Do you oh. have six of these Super Bowl <laughs> Where rings? Where those come or any from? Those? <laughs> right. yeah. He's going for number seven, going to add it oh, to his gosh.
1: glass table or something. And then and then you look at the Chiefs with, with Patrick Mahomes and, and just his, I mean, he won last year, I believe, as a rookie. And just going into his second Super Bowl, and, and and so we look at someone who's been in the league for a while, Tom Brady, and someone who uh, just has a lot of potential. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a great game.
0: Yeah, really, it's like an old time I mean, uh, the 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 old Tom Brady against the young Tom That's Brady. Right. Um, right. You know, and Patrick Mahone. So, gonna be a great game. I think it's six thirty on Sunday. Uh, I'll definitely be tuning in, and you know, have my own little private. Super Bowl party going, oh, right. you know. Absolutely.
1: Commercials will be interesting, too. They, oh, they're always, always interesting, that's for sure. Yeah,
0: speaking of interesting, we have an interesting show lined up for the day. You know, there has been no shortage of interesting stuff going on in the stock market <laughs> this past week. Certainly not. Yeah, so we're going to talk about GameStop, you know. That's been the big news here the past week. Um, just crazy what's going on. A lot of questions about, you know, what does this mean about the stock market? Has something changed? Is this fundamentally significant, you know, to your investments. So we're going to dig into that. There's a great article out of Fox Business, you know, that I'm going to talk through here and uh, just really breaks it down and what exactly happened with GameStop and, you know, what, what has transpired since then. And what does it mean? Does it mean anything about Mm -hmm. the stock market in general? And then we're going to follow that up with uh, another great topic, five healthy money habits that you can start today, right?
1: That's exactly right. And this is going to basically look at, hey, you know, you may not know what to do over the next 40 years of your life, but we can certainly know what to do today or tomorrow. And and once we put in these habits that we're going to talk about, uh, you can really start seeing progress when you look back a month, a year later. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah,
0: that's going to be a great, a great topic um to to go through so yeah, stay tuned for that by the way i'm steve marbert i'm a certified financial planner and a dave ramsey smart investor pro with over 25 years experience providing financial planning and investment advice
1: and my name is matthew travis i'm also a, a certified financial planner and i'm an advisor here at the firm
0: yeah welcome again that's mm-hmm. awesome to have you here matthew it really is i'm excited about this um, and we're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon, and you can check out our show on moneymd.net. We're on iTunes, up every Friday afternoon. Listen to us anywhere in the world. You know, lots of content on there. We have all our old shows on there, hundreds of old shows and topics um, that you can listen to, and we cover new information every single week. So, uh, yeah, do check us out on our website. You can also link to us there. You can send us your questions. We'll talk about those here on the show. Um, and, uh, so anyway, we'd love to hear from you, but we're going to start off here with the financial fact
1: of the week. That's right. And this is really interesting. This is looking back over a hundred years. And so, uh, from 1926, 84% of the rolling three-year periods for the S and P 500 index have produced a positive return. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's just a massive percentage. And what we see is when we're investing in under three years, Uh, We typically, that's why we typically lean uh, to keeping your money in cash. But if it's over three years, we feel pretty comfortable uh, investing.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that's quite a statistic, 84%. So if you have over a three-year time horizon, you leave your money invested for at least three years, you have about an 84% chance of making money, you know, mm-hmm. I and mean, there's a pretty good odds, you know, I mean, that's a lot better than Las Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, so you, you certainly and that's because there's a they're, they're real companies that have earnings, they're building value, they're reinvesting it. You know, it's not Las Vegas, it's not gambling, it's investing. And so as long as you're diversified, you can leave your money in there, your chances of making money in the stock market are very, very great if you can just leave it alone. So, you know, that's a great fact of the week to keep in mind for kind of the long term when we get into one of these turbulent times where everybody starts questioning, the, you know, what's going on in the stock market. Um, so, okay, well, before we jump into the first topic here, I got one small technical correction I want to make from last week's show. We had a couple of clients rightly point out that the Ramsey article that we were taking some more information from had a couple of pieces of information that were misleading um, pertaining to the tax consequences of the CARES Act relief from last year. So I just want to mention these briefly. First one was the $1,200 stimulus checks that were received last year were simply tax free money. They were not, you know, you wouldn't have received it otherwise, regardless of how it's technically treated as kind of a refundable tax credit. Totally tax free. You don't have to worry about that on your tax return. It'll show up, but it's going to be totally tax free. Um, and then the wording they used was a little, little misleading as well. So we're sorry about that, um, <clears> that we didn't catch that. Also, the PPP loans, the the uh, uh, refundable loans that were given to companies last year, those are also completely tax-free. The article was referencing the expenses that were paid out of that money as not being deductible because they were mm-hmm. paid with tax-free money. Right. Um, so, for instance, you know, you can't take a deduction for the salaries you paid with that tax-free money that you got as a forgivable loan because that'd sort of be a double tax benefit. However, the loans were, are, that were forgiven are completely tax-free. We just wanted to clear that up. So, you know, just wanted to make that mention before we jump into today's show. So we're going to jump right in here to GameStop. You know, what is that about? what does that say about the future on Wall Street? This is a great article. Out of Fox Business very recently, obviously, since this is a very recent topic. Um, and by the way, we're going to be talking about individual stocks today. You know, we're not making any specific investment recommendations. A past performance certainly doesn't guarantee future results. So, just want to make that disclosure. Um, but you know, it's not just you. I mean, you know, what went on with Game Stocks totally didn't make sense these past couple few weeks um, in the stock market to a lot of people. You know, me included. You know, the struggling video game retailers stock has been, you know, making these stupefying moves over the past month. They're wild enough to raise concerns from, you know, professional investors on Wall Street to regulators in Washington Mm -hmm. um, about this stock. It's been really crazy. I mean, the frenzy hit new heights, you know, last Thursday of last week um, when uh, several trading platforms kind of limited their customers from making certain trades with GameStop and, uh You know, it's all kind of facing hard questions about whether the stock market is in this uh, dangerous bubble or whether, you know, there's a new generation of traders that should be allowed to take full advantage of all the tools and the free trades, you know, available on their phones, um, regardless of how reckless it seems to outsiders. And at the same time, you know, champions of kind of retail investors are cheering louder on the sidelines saying that these moves – you know, mean that the hedge funds, the the Wall Street, you know, guys on, on Wall Street, the big guys, um, the 1% are finally getting their due punishment. So, you know, it's been a little crazy. Um, so regardless of how you feel about it, you know, it's very interesting. It's a new development. And it's worth understanding. So we're going to dig into some of the short history of what it, me- it might mean and uh, take a look at, at, you know, what's going on here.
1: That's right. So, so just fundamentally, what has happened with GameStock stock? Well, it has been a roller coaster this past month. So after sitting around $18 uh, per share a month ago, it doubled in four days. Uh, It kept shooting higher last week to over $300 per share, up 1,600% at one point. On Thursday last week, it did start to show some cracks and gave back a chunk of those gains before heading much lower this week uh, and tumbling to close to $100 per share. Um, and what we see is while price can increase, um, company fundamentals do tend to revert to the means.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, it was very interesting and it was just crazy what went on. Um, you know, meanwhile, the company itself is, is struggling. GameStop um, is based in, in Grapevine, Texas, sells video games at more than 5,000 stores, OK, and the pandemic has been keeping customers away. So you can kind of imagine, I mean, this is a company, a brick and mortar store that sells sells games. But nowadays, everybody is buying or buying games online, right, particularly during this pandemic. So they're really struggling. They're kind of like they're almost like a blockbuster today. You know, they're just really kind of an outdated right. type of platform for gaming. And uh, so the company is struggling. But, um, you know, the enthusiasm has grown for for their prospects after the company said earlier this month that a co-founder um, of Chewy, online seller of pet supplies, was joining this board. And investors see that this guy, um, Ryan Cohen, is helping GameStop's digital plat transformation, trying to transform into a digital company. Mm. But analysts still expect GameStop to keep losing money in its next fiscal year. So the question is, how did Reddick get involved? You know, everybody's heard about Reddick now, you know, um, particularly the those in the group that are called Wall Street Bets. Mm-hmm. So this is a social media kind of platform and blog where discussions are full of ideas about the next big trade to jump on. Kind of an appreciation of both winning and losing bets as long as they're big and bold bets, you mm-hmm. know, is what they're right. trying to do. So, uh, but they've recently encouraged each other to keep buying GameStop and to push it even higher um, here this past couple of weeks. And that was to punish the hedge fund short sellers. Okay. Um, So, you know, how did that punish the, the, how did that push the stock up over a thousand percent really is the big question. Mm, Right. And the big reason... For that is how deeply hated GameStop's stock was by hedge fund managers, other professional investors on Wall Street. Many were betting that the stock um, was going to fall. And they, they, they bet against the stock by selling it short, is what it's called.
1: Yeah, that's a it brings up a big question. What <laughs> does it mean to short sale a stock? And what mm-hmm. is a short squeeze? And so right. uh, a, a short is simply a risky way investors can make money off of a stock when it's fallen in price. So in a short sale, they actually borrow a share of GameStop and then sell it. Later, if the stock price does as they expect go down, then they can buy the stock at a lower price and keep the difference. GameStop was one of the most heavily shorted stocks on Wall Street. Okay, so what's a, a short squeeze is what happened after this with GameStop stock and the hedge fund managers who were shorting it. So when a stock is heavily shorted, a rise in its price can force short sellers to get out of their bets. To do that, they have to buy the stock, which pushes the stock even higher and can create a feedback loop on itself. So as GameStop short sellers have gotten squeezed this past month, smaller and first-time investors have been egging each other on to keep the momentum going.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy what happened there, but um, yeah, these hedge fund managers had the short sales against GameStop, and, th- and these uh, Reddit investors um, or squeezed them, like you said, you know. So so do these small investors really believe in the business, you know, is one question that comes to mind. and. I think the short answer is no. I mean, it's been more about inflicting pain on short sellers, you know, hedge funds and other big financial firms while at the same time making money for themselves. Um, You know, I mean, you know, many of them talk about it in terms of even, you know, evening the ledger with the financial elite um, who benefited from years of gains as other people fell further behind, um, however, you know, they're also investing real money. So they believe that they could get out before it dropped and they could make money in this as well. Right. So it's kind of a twofold purpose. Of course, that didn't happen for many of these small investors, you know, and I'm sure you're going to hear some sad stories over the coming weeks, um, of people who got burned in this process. Um, but that was really, sounds like that's what their intent was. Uh, and buying GameStop, you know, isn't all about greed, though. You know, as one Reddit uh, user wrote on Reddit, um, you know, after citing all the the recession, after citing all the recessions that they had caused and the many times they had gotten bailed out by taxpayer dollars, um, he said, it's, you know, all about taking it back. What's ours? Um, what we've already paid for, you know. So the rhetoric we read by some of these investors certainly has a theme of kind of sticking it to the fat hedge fund guys.
1: Yeah, that's right. And so, but fundamentally, when we look at the stock market, we see that stock prices are made up of people's perceived value of the company. So a real question going forward is what is going to be uh, GameStop's uh, company? So, of course, no one uh, knows what's going to happen. However, considering that the stock was trading at $15 before all of this started last year, you really do have to think that it's gonna, it's going to eventually end up much lower than where it is today, based on these fundamentals that companies are are based on. Uh, many people, for example, thought Bitcoin would plummet by now uh, to ashes, but somehow you know people still see value in this company, uh, which is backed by nothing amidst a crowded field made up of cryptocurrency. Currency, uh, Uh, cryptocurrency companies. Um, So we see over the long term, though, a price, uh, a stock price tends to track with its company's profits and GameStop's prospects for earning. uh, They do remain pretty cloudy going forward.
0: Yeah, certainly. I mean, the company, you know, is facing some real headwinds in their business. And I think it's safe to say, you know, you shouldn't put money in this stock that you're not willing to lose. And we're sitting here recording this. We're we're on Wednesday. You know, this stock has been moving massively this week, you know, and it was below, well below $100 a share at close of yesterday. Who knows two days from now where this is going to be when you guys are listening to this. So we just want to point that out, you know, but this stock is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Eventually, right. we really think it's going to end up, you know, back close to the value it was perceived at, you know. Three months ago, right. you know, I think it's safe to say you shouldn't put money in the stock. You're not willing to lose. Of course, that doesn't you know, that goes for most individual stocks. You know, since the disaster can strike any individual holding, which isn't diversified. You know, there are other heavily shorted stocks that have been seeing huge surge in interest recently, but going up and down, um, you know, uh, similar to GameStop. There's American Airlines there's AMC. um you know, they're just formerly downtrodden stocks that have extreme swings in price this week. So stay tuned. We may see this strategy switch from GameStop to other stocks in the coming weeks. But experts are saying that it's unlikely it's going to work as well the next time around because investors, large investors, they kind of get wise to this new phenomenon. You know, they're going to change the way they talk about their short selling. They're not going to right. publicize it as much. So it's going to be a little bit harder for this to work the second time around. So I wouldn't get any ideas of catching on the next wave right. Of, right. of GameStop. But the one question is, did anybody see this coming, you know, and what does it mean about the future? Well, no one seems to predict, seem to predict this kind of rise and fall of this stock other than a few Robin Hood type investors who got it right, um, including my nephew, I think, oh, who wow. made a lot of money in this. <laughs> okay. So I hear, you know. <laughs> However, you know, it's, it's never quite over until you stop playing the game and you leave the casino. So time will tell if these small investors are smart enough to cash in their chips and go home. Right. You know, I suspect a lot of them are not going to be that smart, you know, but but brokerages, they've been making it ever easy for novices to get into the market and trade like this. Um, commissions have dropped to zero. People can trade on their phones now, you know, and so as each barrier for trading has fallen, consumer advocates are kind of cheered along the broadening the playing field for stock, stock investors out there. Um, But they also warn that it's possible to have too much of a good thing and it can now be too easy to buy stocks, you know, encouraging novice investors to make too many trades at a risk level that far exceeds what's appropriate for them. So there is a caution here.
1: That's right. And another big question that we've we've seen is, you know, what will the regulators do about this? So there's an ent- entity in our industry called the Securities and Exchange Commission. So they've been studying all of the volatility in this stock in the market, and they've been taking a closer look. It's the SEC's job to protect investors and to ensure it's a level playing field. Other than the actions taken by the Robinhood trading platforms to limit trading in these stocks, um, it seems like the, the trading was fair and there wasn't any obvious illegal activity. Of course, the expectation across Wall Street is that investors who bought GameStop at those lofty prices are are likely to be hurt when the price falls. Uh, in the end, uh, there may be no way to prevent people from, from pushing the stock too high and potentially burning themselves. It's, it's kind of a, a buyer beware, if you will.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, as we've said many times on the show, the key to being a successful investor is to stay invested in a well-diversified portfolio at a risk level you're comfortable with. You know, you don't need to try to time the market or speculate on the next GameStop to be successful. Um, You know, those get-rich schemes rarely end up well. The stock market has returned about 10% per year over the last 80 years without any timing involved. So instead, you simply need to participate in the market, trust that the market's going to make it successful over time, and stay diversified. That's really, right. I think, the moral to this story. Definitely. Okay, well, that leads us up here to our fact of the week. Or right, I'm sorry. The question of the week. That's right.
1: And so, Steve, not many people like taxes, but people like tax refunds. So, the question this week is: What should I do with my tax refund? There's, there's, I mean, if you asked a hundred different people, you would, you would most certainly get a hundred different answers. But what are some ways we can, we can use our tax refund this year?
0: Yeah, that's a great question because you know you get that little windfall of money you weren't really counting on. You need to do something smart with it, not let it, you know, just slip through your hands and go to the next you know, frivolous thing. Um, I mean, I think investing in a Roth would be a great thing to do with the money. Um, You know, for the future, we're going to talk about Roths a little bit more here in a Mm -hmm. minute. Um, But also paying down debt. Of course, if you have consumer debt, you definitely need to work on that. That needs to be, Number one, you need to have a good emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely, if you don't have three to six months of expenses built up in emergency fund, put that money toward emergency fund. Right. That'd be a great thing to do. So yeah. any of those would be a great start. But, yeah, don't let that money just get frittered away. I mean, that's really important. You have a windfall. You need sure. to take advantage no, of it.
1: No no Super Bowl tickets? Uh, yeah.
0: I, okay. You know, I almost looked up what the Super Bowl <laughs> tickets were going to cost. I'm sure the number is unbelievable because oh it, it's, it's so limited. It's a limited capacity. I would say yeah, I mean, please right. don't go spend okay. it on some silly soccer ticket. All right. It's <laughs> right. a good point though. <laughs> All right, that leads us up to our next topic here, the 5 healthy money habits you can start today.
1: That's right. And again, these habits are are something that you can you can start today and and you know, we're going to give you 5, but if there's only one that you really take away from this, that that is going to be a benefit from from listening to this section. So uh, just kind of jumping in, you know, most people are excited to get started on on health and lifestyle journeys because you you can see an immediate impact, whereas financial uh, financial uh, goals and habits um, can can take longer. So we do want to we do want to make sure we're we're thinking about that and we have a plan with that. So if you're looking to make financial changes in your life, please consider you know at least implementing one of these into your life.
0: Yeah, that's right. You know, first one is to set up an auto transfer to savings. I, I love this. You know, it's kind of like defaulting for success. Right. Um, You know, because decision fatigue is real. You know, we may not realize it, but y- you have to make hundreds and if not thousands of decisions a day, you know, little things. And, you know, as well as many things to keep you on track mentally. And when you feel exhausted and burned out, you know, we end up making decisions that may not be the best for us in the long run. So by by setting up an auto savings, that's one less decision you have to make again um, or anything you have to worry about. Right. You automate a transfer from your savings, maybe monthly um, to, you know, to your savings account or to your investment account. And then uh, your you percent is uh, kind of submit an allocation, a percent allocation to your HR department at work, um, set up an automated recurring transfer, you know, to your 401k plan. Um, and then, you know, if you're not sure how much you should transfer, start with a low figure, maybe $1,500 a week, add up to it, you know, build it up over time. Um and you can even set up to automatically increase over time. So I, I love that idea, setting it up automatically so you're defaulting to success.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And this one kind of plays right into that. It's it's a sinking fund. So uh, if you don't have know what a sinking fund is, listen up. Um, you know, it's, a lot of times people feel like we're playing catch up with maybe credit card balances or other other items. Uh, while, while it's a good idea to pay a bit more than the minimum amount due each month, Unfortunately, that means that the present you is still paying for the past you. The goal is to get to a stage where you anticipate and pay uh, for your future expenses, and this is where a sinking fund comes in. So sinking funds let you save for larger expenses bit by bit in easy and doable increments on a regular basis. So setting up a sinking fund to pay for expenses that you know you'll have uh, for the coming year is gonna be very wise. Uh, You know, be as detailed as possible. Uh, you increase your chances for saving and sticking to your goal when you when you really do think about this. For example, uh, you can save fifteen dollars every week for that new iPhone that you've been looking at, and that will allow you to pay for the iPhone in cash and not go into debt for that. Same with tires. Same for a new vacation next year. Um, you know, there's many expenses that are not monthly, but they need to be saved for on a monthly basis so you have the cash when you need it.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a great way to do it. You know, another one you can do is to kind of focus on one spending category. I mean, we all have these categories that are kind of like their weak area where they spend too much money, right? For me, it's probably golf, right? right? I have to admit it. <laughs> but, you know, so if you're having trouble getting your budget right, um, then you take some baby steps, right? I mean, if so, if you're frustrated by how much you spend maybe on new clothes, Um, you know, that you don't need, or maybe you, you, you even enjoy after they're shipped to your doorstep, and maybe, you know, in time, um, you know, they're not, they're not that great anymore. So if you're spending too much, it's time to focus on that and then rein in that specific category. So whatever mode of savings you choose. You know, from a a no buy month to having a small but, you know, firm budget for clothing, it's easier to track and analyze one specific category than it is by doing a complete overhaul of your whole budget. So tracking your spending in a single category will help you to correct the overspending almost automatically. It's kind of the low hanging fruit, you know, to force you to focus on one thing. Um, get some success going in that area, and then you can make changes to other areas as you need to. So focus on one category. I think that's a great start.
1: That definitely is, but you brought up a word that a lot of people don't like, and it's the B word. It's the budget word. Ooh, so yeah. a, a lot of people, they really cringe when they think of this. And 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 so we want to just briefly say, hey, this is this is a good thing for you and your family. This is a spending plan for you. So you may not like an Excel spreadsheet. You may prefer pen and paper. Uh, there's multiple ways to track expenses um, and you're more likely to stick to the one that you enjoy doing so uh, but if you uh, prefer a more hands-off approach uh, mint is a really good resource that we we see clients using Um, but if you want to really hone in on your spending habits uh, there's an app called YNAB you need a budget which is really Hmm. good for tracking your goals Um, or you could do a notebook like we said Uh, yeah and there's also just many lessons and tutorials online that can give you a lot, of, a lot of brainstorming. We can also help with that if you have any questions. But really the goal is just to start tracking it and to really stick to it. You can always change or modify it, uh, if, it if it no longer works for your goals or, or for your style. Yeah, that's
0: great. That's exactly right. Another one here is to sign up on an investing platform. You know, I mean, investing is not scary or complicated as sometimes it's shown to be online. And you hear about, you know, on the news about all the complications and the volatility. I mean, in fact, it's one of the easiest ways to grow your wealth. Um, and we're not talking about, you know, daily stock trading or some kind of feverish stock picking, you know, and that's not needed is the good news, you know. So um, so if you're ready to up your investing game. Um, you know, there are a couple easy moves you can make. You know, you can, if you don't have, if you have access, excuse me, to a retirement account through your employer, then, you know, send a request to your, you know, uh, log on, however you do it, to 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 set up your contribution um, and increase it maybe by 1%. You know, you can set up sometimes automatically 1%. Right. Eventually, we'd like to see you get up to 15% of your pay, right. go into your retirement plan. That's really the key for success, but... You know, get started today with some kind of percentage. Get something going. Um, You can also create a retirement account through your current investment, you know, platform or bank. Um, You know, there's lots of online brokerage firms where you can do that. It only takes about 15 minutes. It's entirely all online. But keep it simple. Then pick like a target date retirement fund, something simple for starters. Invest in that. Don't overthink it, but just get some money going into the stock market, into investments for
1: your future. Yeah, and I think just to, to kind of wrap up this and to summarize, you know, we hope you've been we've been we've given you one actionable just step, but remember that you don't have to do everything all at once. If you're really frustrated by your current takeout spending, make that a focus for the next month. Once you figure out how much you can save by cutting out, you know, a certain percentage of your of that category, set up an automatic transfer for that amount into your savings account each month. And just remember, you know, be patient with yourself, show grace to yourself. It can take a few weeks or sometimes even a few months for a new habit to become a routine. But if you can stick with it, the end result can be a healthier financial situation for the rest of your life. And so, yeah, whatever stage you're in, uh, it's not too late to start one of these habits.
0: Yeah, great topic. Great topic. All right. And that leads us up to our final thing here, and that is the prescription of the
1: week. All right, so the the prescription of the week is if you have a work plan that offers a Roth option, like a Roth four hundred one k or a Roth TSP, uh, this is something that uh, likely is going to be really good for you to at least look into and and look for 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 you and your family.
0: Yeah, I love that option, you know, and this is by far the best way to build up a lot of tax free money in a Roth account, um, because you know outside of your plan you can only contribute six thousand dollars a year. Up to age 50, seven thousand dollars a year. Over 50, into a Roth. But inside your plan, you could put that entire nineteen thousand five hundred dollars that you contribute, if you can max that out up to a Roth. Into a Roth. If you're over 50, it's twenty six thousand dollars a right. year. And you know, I mean, having tax-free money is super important in retirement because it gives you flexibility. Right. You know, because what you want to do is when you get to retirement, you want to have some control over your tax situation. You finally have the opportunity to take advantage of the 12% bracket. If you were earning you know, a good income before retirement and you were above that, um, now you might have an opportunity to do that because if you have a bunch of Roth money out there, you can start taking withdrawals out of that. It'll be tax-free. You can take money out of your pre-tax. You're always going to have pre-tax because a company match is always going right. pre-tax. So, But but take advantage of the Roth option. Build some money up before retirement so you can have a nice nest egg of tax-free money. That'll give you the kind of flexibility and control you need in retirement over your tax situation. That's a great prescription of the week and something that's very, very important when planning for retirement. Definitely. All right. Well, that's been this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week for more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. You can send us your questions. Uh, Link to us there, or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week.
1: Take care. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.